This episode of the Broadband Bunch is sponsored by ETI Software and Vetro FiberMap. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Broadband Bunch. We are at Fiber Connect 2023 in Orlando, Florida. Along with my co-host Pete Pizzatolo, I'm Joe Coldavella. Joining us is Jackie Miskimmins, Director of Marketing at Vantage Point Solutions. Jackie, welcome to the Broadband Bunch. Thanks so much for having me, guys. Yeah, thanks for joining us. How was the event? It's been a great show. Um, this is my second year at Fiber Connect, and it's an event that I really enjoy. I think that the Fiber Connect committee does a great job of putting together the different uh, speaking tracks and the mm-hmm. different panels. And this year in particular, I have heard great feedback about a lot of the content and especially some of the new um, tracks and features or focus areas that they've had. Um, a couple of really great uh, reactions in particular around the middle mile and some of the tribal interest mm-hmm. um, and a lot that we're hearing around partnerships and consortiums and things too. So I've heard great things about the content. And of course, the networking is always a highlight for me. Uh, great traffic you know, there at the expo, and it's great running into old friends and meeting new friends. It's, it's been a great time to get the industry together. So, you know, before we sort of like go deeper, deeper, so um, could you sort of just give a little background on yourself in terms of, of, of where you are and in, in, in terms of what your role is at Vantage Point? Absolutely. Uh, so my title at Vantage Point Solutions is the Director of Marketing, although I often say that is awfully misleading. Uh, but I came to telecom about six and a half years ago, previously having worked in economic development, uh, tourism, and higher education. And so um, all of those, when you think about them, have these huge components around broadband and connectivity, um, especially in rural areas. And so I always told people I never left economic development. I just changed how I did it. And that's at working through through working at Vantage Point. So Vantage Point, we're an engineering consulting firm. So we design networks, both fiber and wireless. Obviously, a lot of fiber these days at Fiber Connect. Um, But we do engineering consulting around that. um, Everything from business plans and feasibility studies and grant funding to uh, network design, um, cybersecurity, environmental permitting, um, regulatory uh, consulting, uh, data networking. There's just a whole bunch of stuff that we do. So my role at Vantage Point is to help explain that to other folks and um, just help make connections um, across people we might be able to help or people who may just be good to know each other. And what, what markets are you focused on? Um, Vantage Point, if you're deploying fiber, we'll help you out. Okay. Um, so we've worked uh, a lot with sort of your traditional rural telephone companies. Okay. Obviously, they're more technology companies anymore. Um, but we work a great deal with electric co-ops. We've worked with municipalities, a number of various tribes and tribally owned companies. Um, and then some of the really big guys too. Some folks who are doing innovative things with fiber sealecking and um, just trying to find those those pockets of opportunity. Um, so we're pretty non-discriminatory if you're good people to work with and you're doing good stuff. Um for the most part, we'll, we'll have a conversation with you. That's good. So getting back to the show, any surprises? Anything that, one surprise? Oh. Besides the food. Um, I think one of the surprises I had was how um, the growth. I think that yeah. was something that last year at Fiber Connect, it really felt like we were almost coming out of this drought of um, everyone was still travel restricted. And Fiber Connect last year seemed like the one great we're back. Right, you know? right. Um, and it was huge and it was a fantastic show. So then to come this year and see that they've grown another thousand people, um, the size and the growth of that. And really what's been fun for me, especially as I've been talking to various uh, Fiber Connect associate members, um, sort of the vendor community, everyone's just really excited about Fiber Broadband Association and about Fiber Connect, that this is a real area of growth and this is really going to be a focus of the future. And so seeing that growth uh, has been really fun. 
You know, no, it's uh, it's funny because I was actually talking to, to Gary yesterday and I told him, I was like, dude, you guys are going to need a bigger boat because it's one of those things where I think that this is, it's just going to keep growing. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of amazing. Well, one of the things that I love about Fiber Connect and, and Fiber Broadband Association broadly is you have people who are coming from that traditional telco background and you have people who are coming from electric co-ops and statewide networks and people who are interested in middle mile and you have people that are municipalities who are just kicking tires and trying to figure out you know which way is up in some in, in some ways and all of them get to be here and all of them get to learn from each other and all of them are getting exposure to sort of the same information right. and i love that sort of cross market education and collaboration and networking uh, that's something that's really fun for us to see and just ignore the side eye between Joe and I. We're just trying to figure out who to step on next. <laughs> so it's like a little dance we got going on here. It's um, intimidating to watch. I'm like, oh, what, what are they? No, thinking? no, we're not what judging you. We're judging each other, but we're mm. not judging you. Um, you know, one of the surprises that I I would uh, I've heard is there's a lot of new players here, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, so not only is the audience bigger, but the the number of vendors, new vendors. There's some realignment of vendors out mm-hmm. here, which is really interesting because money brings you know, new people running towards the money. Um, but thank you. I totally agree. The energy is interesting. Also, I think people, um, because of the B money starting to come out in July, right? There's a lot of preparation and planning and kind of there's that pregnant pause for a bunch of time. Yes. And I feel like it's just starting to break. Mm-hmm. I know there's all this challenges process going, but there's a lot of private money that's moving, right? So people are coming to the table with some real pain in the operational deployment side rather than kind of the, what should we do mm-hmm. side, you know? Um, also in terms of growth, we've heard that the, um, women in fiber session was 300 people. It was a packed room. It was great. Yeah. Is that your first time going to that luncheon? My second time I was able to attend last year as well. And, um, I I know this is going to sound terrible, but last year I was actually a little surprised at how much I enjoyed the women in fiber luncheon. Um, it was one of those like, well, I, I don't know. I feel like I should go, right. It'll be something new. Um, all of my male colleagues weren't going to go. So I was like, well, I'll, you know, I'll be a vantage point person in the room. And I loved it. Um, from a, from a sort of a work standpoint and a vantage point standpoint, it was great networking and a great opportunity and, um, sort of this casual, but still intimate environment to Mm -hmm. get to know other people. Um, and right. You've got to make a point to sit by someone you don't know. That's how you make new friends. Um, but then just personally, it was very, um, it was very touching uh, to kind of be in that room and to be part of that community. Um, and then, you know, the lunch breaks and everybody goes out and gets the picture. And on the one, on the one hand, you're almost like really a big group picture. Like we're doing this. Um, but you look back on it when they post it later and you're like, yeah, I was part of that. And that yeah. was really great. So being able to come back this year and go to the luncheon, it was very much a similar experience, you know, sit by someone you don't know. Um, or in this case, a couple of people I'd just met and that was great too. Um, but you sit by people, you get to know them a little bit. Um, the committee does, you can tell they put a lot of heart and a lot of work into that and a lot of thought into what they want that women in fiber group to be. And I think something that maybe people don't see, I mean, I think the luncheon right, it has a spot on the agenda and people get to see that. But what people don't see is that the women in fiber group does a really nice job throughout the year of trying to bring women together and bring okay. um, that community and build that. And so there are there's group chats and there's you know LinkedIn groups and they really do focus on building that community. They have some very strong leadership. It's um, I'm not involved with any of the organization pieces, but I get to reap the benefits and I, I really appreciate the work that they've done. Well, the amazing thing about the event, right, was sold out. 
about 300 people. I mm-hmm. was considering, you know, hey, listen, maybe I should see about scalping some... some Allies are always welcome. Right? So, right. but, you know, that's the amazing thing about it is that mm-hmm. it, it's growing every year exponentially. So, I mean, I can just, you know, hopefully next year it grows even more. They yeah. I, Hopefully what they'll do is they'll they'll put out feelers as well because I know that there were some women that wanted to go that mm-hmm. were, were unfortunately unable to go. So it's one of those things right. where... It sounded like a great event. Yeah. And I think on the one hand, it's very unfortunate. There were some people, you know, kind of left standing out. That's also a good problem to have that, exactly. that there's so much demand for that. And I think that's a real signal that they're doing something well. And something that I really like about that, too, uh, with the women in fiber, they don't shy away from the hard conversations. Mm-hmm. I mean, yesterday's keynote, it was um, it was very interesting, but it was it was kind of tough stuff to chew on and to, you know, kind of look diversity and equity and inclusion in the eye and say, what are the impacts and how does this actually affect us as as an industry and how does this affect us as individuals as well? Um, those aren't really easy conversations to have, but they found a forum to have that discussion. They found a forum to really drive those conversations across people. Um, that's not an easy trick to pull off. And I think they did a great job. I think they do that really well with the community in general. You know, and also one of the things that, that you know, I, I talked to um, some of the folks, uh, Alexa mm-hmm. Edens and, and Holly Ruser, and one of the things that they're doing as well is that they brought in some 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 young ladies yesterday to walk the, the show floor, um, you know, at-risk youth in terms of, mm-hmm. of just showing them, hey, listen – there's opportunity out there, you know. You you you're you're in your community, but it, it gives. I mean, I think it's awesome mm-hmm. that they they that they took the time to bring these these um, young ladies in to say, "Hey, listen, you've got opportunity in this world." Oh, that exposure, I I missed the girls walking through, but the um, that exposure to seeing what those possibilities are, um, I think is incredible, especially for youth. I always tell people that our industry is kind of invisible unless you're in it, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, for a lot of the population, they just they. They go home, they flick the lights on, and it works. They go home, they open their laptop, the Wi-Fi is just there. Well, we know the Wi-Fi isn't just there, right? There's a lot of work that went into making that happen. Um, But until you know this industry is here and all the work and all the great community that brings us um, brings that Wi-Fi to fruition, it it can be invisible. And so I think that exposure is um, is huge. So at vantage point, we have several really phenomenal women leaders: um, Carmen O'Neill, Christy Zabo, um, others, and my daughter is like vaguely interested in engineering, right? I've always called her my little architect, my little engineer. And when she was walking through the halls at Vantage Point one day, and she's like, oh, Carmen, like she's a girl? And I'm like, yeah, she's a girl. She's a licensed professional engineer. She's like um, just totally hardcore. She's great. And it was, oh, okay, I can be that, mm. right? It's not cool that mom works there, but Carmen, <laughs> right? right? right. Carmen works there, and that's really cool. Um, but it's my son that sees that too. And so going back to those girls walking the floor, that exposure, once you can see it, you can see it in yourself. And I think that's a, that's a phenomenal opportunity. But how old is your daughter? Uh, now she's 11. 11. Yeah. So the problem we have now is, is there enough women to help solve the problem at hand right now that we can start pulling into the workforce? Oh, Are you want to pivot to workforce? Yeah. You got to ask the hard questions. Well, you let's didn't, put you it didn't warn practice. me about that. <laughs> I'm the comedy. He he asks the tough questions. Yeah. Do I think that there are enough skilled workers across the country? Um, I think that if there were, FBA wouldn't be putting out you know some of the workforce development toolkits that they've that they've been working on. And I had a great conversation last week with a number of rural telecom executives, and I I asked the question of all the tools in the world. You know, what's helping 
And they're just kind of struggling, like, we need people in rural communities. That's mm-hmm. what we need. Now, the those executives in particular are in these very rural communities, right? Um, and so for a few thousand people, it's hard to find, you know, find skilled technicians. It's hard to find skilled splicers or even those that can really speak the regulatory language. And so... Um, I don't know if I'm going to answer your question here, Pete. I know that workforce is an absolute challenge. I know that um, we've got some great things that are going to take time. Right. Um, I mentioned earlier that I previously worked in economic development, and my focus was actually on rural workforce development. Um, and so you'd think that I would have some answers around here, but but it but it's hard. Um, so much of the problem, or so much of the um, elements that we focused on back when I worked in that role was around that education and exposure. Um, students can't go into careers they don't know exist. 100%. That's it, exactly. And so it's got, it was, in that case, getting our local industries into the school systems and bringing the students in for tours and that kind of thing. I think that's great. And I think that that's something all of our, all of the FBA members have opportunities to do somehow, right? right? It's yep. the local, there is some Girl Scout troop that is looking for a technology badge, I promise you, right? right? Um, and you can, you can find those groups and that it doesn't help anybody immediately, but it absolutely helps us long term. It generates that visibility. It generates that interest. And it's like, hey, do you want to work communications? You can work in a whole bunch of different areas. I chose to work communications in the telecommunications industry, right? But there are careers all up and down. We need accountants. We need people who want to work out in the fields. We need people who are great with business plans. We need engineers. You can do those careers in any industry. Come into ours, right? right? We need to build that visibility, I think. Yeah. And so, the, you know, the workforce development stuff and the training programs that a lot of the uh, industry associations are putting together are fantastic starts and they're reaching into uh, community colleges and even the universities. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, something Joe and I talk about is just being better advocates for the industry to steal yes. talent from other industries. Right. I mean, there I can't. How many how many Amazon truck drivers are there? <laughs> right. I mean, and that's a job, right? Unfortunately, I'm not busting on it, but, no, but it's not I'm a career. Is, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's right. I think that's sort of the struggle as well is mm-hmm. that we're sort of like you said, it's like nobody knows about it. It's like, oh, yeah. we expect the the Internet to work. But mm-hmm. It's like, how does that done? How's that done? And then if you sort of actually look underneath the, the sheets, you go, wow, there's a lot of things that go on yes. to bring everybody Internet. Yeah, it's great. And I mean, going back to the Amazon truck drivers, it's a bit of a numbers game, right? We just need people. Correct. This yeah. this community, this industry is so welcoming. Everybody is willing to reach out and say, you know, let me show you this. Let me explain. Do you have a question? You know, we want to guide you. It's a very welcoming industry, which has been something great that I've really enjoyed. Um, we just need more people to get into it. Right. right? Well, this is an get interesting. Get in the tent. This past year has been really interesting because the Barbie movie came out, right? And Taylor Swift has changed the world, right? And that What's her target market? She changed the rule. Is she ruling the world? She's, I don't know. Right. I don't know. Right. Both, right? But her target market is the exact people that we're talking about, right? It's anywhere from preteens to 30 to 40-year-old women, right? So are you saying we need to get Taylor Swift as the keynote speaker? I was going to say, the, exa- I I, say the evening yes. entertainment, right? The networking. I think I think well, we're on to something here, If Joe. you're in the industry and you're trying to create awareness, like why wouldn't the FBA think about that kind of stuff? Like how do you sponsor mm-hmm. Taylor Swift local tickets, you know, or how do you, you know, the Barbie movie premiere showing or that kind of stuff? Like, you, I mean, if you really want to start tackling that problem, you need to go to where those that the target market is Mm -hmm. and then start connecting those dots. Right. I mean, now we have bolts and boards on very highly technical engineering, you know, 
stuff. Like we're still putting the same information in front of the same people, right? So we got to kind of break that mold and think a little bit differently. But I, I, what uh, the point that you raised there, which is great, is that I think that people need to be more creative in terms of how you reach out to folks in terms of saying, hey, we're out there. Because mm-hmm. as an example, and I've actually used it a few times on the podcast recently as, as I spoke to some folks, actually the Vetro guys at Mount Connect, and um, what they did was they said that for – Someone they had a shortage of workers. They went to the local um, football team and said, "Hey, listen, which one of these guys um, is not going to college?" And so it's like, "Hey, listen, reach out to them and say, hey, listen, there's an opportunity for a great career.'" But it's like that's a super brilliant mm-hmm. idea. Mm-hmm. Well, every ISP could have a Barbie showing, right? And I mean, you could totally connect broadband to an outdoor movie showing kind of thing. Yeah, how was this know? broadcast? How did this reach you? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, I, and that's interesting. Just watching at a macro level how there's some women empowerment coming mm-hmm. right and it's the question is timing right but sure. you, you you we have to make up some ground so yeah. you know thinking about that just thinking creatively and how do you get the word out again few years out here but um one of my daughter's teachers there at the middle school put out a call on facebook she goes hey i've got kids that just aren't interested in reading books if you have magazines could you bring them in we just want them reading different stuff exactly and so i'm sitting there in my office when i get this email i'm like I've got the Rural Pennsylvania Electric Co-op Association monthly magazine. I've got the Fiber Forward magazine, right? Love what they do there, publication right. of FBA. I've got others from the industry. I'm like, I'm just going to take these down to the middle school. Let them read about 5G. Let them read about the fiber revolution. Let them read about the economics and what is going to happen here. It doesn't mean anything to them when they're in middle school, but it's exposure, exactly. right? And they're going to start building at least a little bit of that awareness. And it cost me the extra five minutes to think to send them with my daughter to school. My daughter's 13. I make her listen to Joe's podcast every day. I mean, that's so. just... Is that when she's grounded? Was yeah. That yeah. When she's, she's okay. going to sleep. I mean, geez, P, that's not good at all. Um, thank you for all that. So you come back next year, I'm assuming? That is the plan. And I think we're headed back to Nashville next year, right? That is Ooh. correct. And isn't that, isn't that her home state? Um so, I mean, I think we probably planned this around Taylor Swift being our keynote there in Nashville. See, I, I think it's all She's from Pennsylvania, now. by the way. Oh, well. I think she claims Nashville. I don't know. We'll ask her next year she's when she's She's an Eagles there. fan, and she's from Pennsylvania. She's from, as my daughter says, Reading, or Reading, Pennsylvania, Reading, Pennsylvania. Oh, that's from uh, Monopoly, right? No, it's an actual place. I don't know. I, I just want to know. From always, I would always land on Railroad, right? You're right. Pennsylvania Railroad. It's ready. Pennsylvania. Hey, I wanted to ask you. So you've, you've got boots on the ground. you got folks doing all, all the cool things out there in the field. Just curious in terms of uh, funding as well. Um, is that something that is, uh, I don't How is it sort of rolling out for you now? Or is it still one of those things where um, we haven't released the hounds yet? Funding and bead in particular, like like Pete mentioned earlier, it's sort of this big pregnant pause that everybody's kind of waiting for the bead funding. Um, what Vantage Point is, we've got a few things that we're telling folks. The first is bead isn't the only game in town. Sure. Um, there are other funding opportunities, whether it's state um, programs, RUS programs, um, tribal grants coming out. And so on the one hand, bead is not the only game in town. So don't sleep on these other programs and these other opportunities. Great point. The other thing is, and we have preached this for years, that if you are waiting until the money is available, you are so far behind. Um, now, literally now, this week, today, as you're listening to this podcast is when you should be sitting down uh, with your teams, with your partners, with your potential partners and saying, what is it we actually want to do? Um, if you wait until you know all the details, 
you're going to be too late. It's not going to be able to be a competitive application. You're, you're simply just going to be too far behind. So on the one hand, you have to plan. You have to be planning in this era of uncertainty before everything comes out um, and just kind of fine tune as things become clearer. Um, that's tricky. I think um, I have particular empathy for providers that have locations in multiple states or growth areas in multiple states, they could be functioning on two completely different timelines, mm -hmm. right? Depending on when states are going to release things. Um, and what we're hearing is that state broadband offices are definitely coordinating and they're communicating, but they're not coordinating their exact timelines. They've got to do what is best for their state, which they have to do. And I fully respect that, but it is going to be, um, it's going to be a lot of fun, right? Um, I don't know if that's the word that everybody's going to use, but it's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> right. uh, we're going to just, we're going to get some great stuff done. Um, so that's really what we are seeing is, um, first, don't sleep on all the other funding programs. Keep your eyes open. And if you are waiting for certainty, just sit down. Um, you've got to start planning now. You've got to have these conversations. No, I think that's a great point. It's one of those things where... Um, it never goes according to plan, but if you don't have a plan, you're sort of you're, you're sort mm -hmm. of um, kind of in a in a in a dark room looking for the light switch, and you're you're not right. going to find it. Well, our engineers say this all the time: no battle plan survives first contact. Right. But if you're not planning now, you aren't even on the battlefield. Right. right? Like you're you're somewhere in the stadiums, and you're going to watch this opportunity pass you by. So that is something that we are really um, encouraging people to do: is start those conversations. Look at a map. Where is it you want to go? How is it you want to get there? Who's on your team? Are you looking at partnerships? Are you looking at your neighbors and saying, hey, what could we do together? Sometimes those neighbors is, you know, the local telephone company, the local electric co-op, the local municipality. But sometimes it's your local economic development organization. It's the, um, you know, it's the, the tribal council next door. Who's local to you? At least have that conversation because the last thing you want to do is start competing with each other and then have somebody else sideswipe you out. You know, that's a that's a great point in terms of collaboration. It's like you don't know who's going to be on your team unless you reach out to them. It's really a great point. And it's mm -hmm. one of the things that seems, seems to be a theme with everybody. It's like you don't know who's going to help you um, score the touchdown. So do not be afraid to reach out to everybody. Yeah, we say that a lot. Um, cup of coffee is one of the most powerful tools in the industry, right? Mm. Just sit down and talk to them. What is it you're thinking? What is it you're planning? What is it you're trying to accomplish? I think of um, Joe Carroll Energy there in uh, northwestern Illinois, if I got to get my geography right here. Geography is not my strong suit. Uh, he's in Illinois. Um, but Jesse Shackleton there is uh, a friend of mine, and we get to work with him quite a lot. And he's done a tremendous job of being proactive in reaching out to his county commissioners, reaching out to his local economic development agencies and saying, this is what we're trying to do. What are you trying to do? How can we help you accomplish that? What is it that you might be able to bring the table for us? And building those relationships. And it's it's great. You sit down and you talk to their county commissioners. They rave about what Joe Carroll Energy is doing for their area. Started with a cup of coffee, right? One of the most powerful tools we have. That's great. Thank you for that. So how can our listeners learn more about you and Vantage Point? Uh, well, I'm not particularly interesting, but Vantage Point okay, uh, can be found. Uh, VantageVNT.com is obviously uh, a great place to start. And then um, I'd really encourage people to follow Vantage Point on LinkedIn. Um, we post a lot, of the, a lot of information there around regulatory updates, memos, things going on in the industry, um, new announcements of things that we're seeing. And then uh, I am not disciplined enough to have a regular podcast like you guys are. But every couple of weeks, I try to hop on a video and just share uh, what it is we're seeing and anything that is new. Uh, and that's become sort of a really fun way to interact with community as well. Keep so, doing those, please. Well, yeah. you guys keep sharing them. I'll see what I can do. All Give right. you guys a shout out for sure. Awesome. Jackie, can't thank you enough for coming on, for sharing all your knowledge. Really appreciate the time. 
Um, hopefully, we have you as an ambassador, and we would yes. love to use you at different events, uh, just because mm-hmm. your perspective is awesome. Oh, well, thank you so much. I love what you guys are doing here for the industry. The the way that you are finding these unique angles, and um, sometimes it's technical, and sometimes it's a case study, and sometimes it's right. Let's dig in on this issue. I think you guys just have an awesome um, audience that you're building, and a great repertoire of of the kind of questions you ask. You know, Joe's the funny one, I guess. Pete's over here with the hard oh. questions, but. <laughs> Uh, I love what you guys are building here, and I love what you're doing for our industry to bring those stories to light. Very kind. Thank you for that. So. Absolutely. Thanks so much for the time, guys. This has been great. Yeah, have a safe trip home. Awesome. Well, that's going to wrap up this episode of the Broadband Bunch. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you guys later. Bye.